welcome back to the In the Clubhouse with the Nats Report. My name is Jeremy Lapidus, joined as always by my friend and co-host, Hayden Raymer. Thank you so much for tuning in, everybody. We have a great show for you tonight. The Nats have just come off a series sweep. Break out the brooms, a sweep. We haven't been able to say that this many that, that many times this year. They swept the Cincinnati Second Reds. Second time. Nats currently are on the longest winning streak of their season. Snaps for that. Four games. Oh, that's a throwback. Snaps. We got snaps back. <laughs> Uh, no, but we do have a lot to talk about today. Uh, obviously we're going to go over an exciting series with a lot of, a lot of fun things to talk about against the Reds. Uh, kind of important series coming up against the Phillies a little bit. Um, there were some comments made today in the media by Bryce Harper that I kind of want to talk about a little bit. A little bit, just not a, a little bit, not a lot of it. I want to get into it a little bit, um, but there's a lot to talk about today, and I am really excited to be here with uh, with you guys. I hope you guys are ready to tune in. I hope this is a good enough substitute for Nats baseball that got postponed tonight. Yeah. Uh, but without further ado, Hayden, do you want to just jump right into it? I would love to. I mean, oh wait, I forgot you have me doing this. Oh man, see now I'm not on. Now, now I look like an idiot on game one. I'm going to be honest, Jeremy, you and I, we talked about on the previous episode uh, how the Nats, in order to win this series, need to prevent a slugfest. As long as the starters could shut it down, get it to the bullpen, and keep them in the game, I, I thought the Nats had a reasonable chance of winning pretty much any game this series. Uh, and it didn't look great. Uh, game one, Patrick Corbin gave up two home runs in the first inning, uh, and they gave up a third uh, in the third inning, uh, I believe like all on solo shots too, which is like yeah, the they worst were all part. Solo shots. Uh, but then he went and he threw three and a third innings, you know, got a quality start. Uh, Lane Thomas hit a home run in the sixth. Joey hit a home run, a two run blast, uh, to tie the game. And then Jake Alou, uh, was a hero in extras and, uh, hit an RBI double and the Nats won six to three, uh, you know. Kyle Finnegan earned the save uh, on Saturday. Was a very dominant start that I think a lot of people aren't going to like. If you look at the box score, it won't justify how good uh, Jonah Don was. He was called up to make a spot start, and he went five and two-thirds. Perfect. Uh, and the first hit he gave up was a bloop single. They gave up another bloop single, and then uh, I think in the media he said he was uh, like later on he was like yeah my hands started cramping up, which probably explains. Then he gave up a home run, end of the inning, got a quality start still, but you know wasn't perfect. Uh, but I mean like six players hit doubles in that game, they really gave it to Andrew Rabbit. Uh, so a nice seven to three victory in that game. Then on Sunday. C.J. Abrams and Lane Thomas hit back-to-back home runs to open the game. Uh, first two pitches. First two pitches. Uh, Abrams ended up getting another double in that game, and then two more singles, and then hit stole two bases, of course. Uh, I mean, that was kind of the story uh, in that game. It was kind of those two just popping off. 
And then the other big story, uh, Jake Irvin, you know, he threw a decent start. It wasn't terrible. Uh, but then, you know, they had Andres Machado come in. Then they had Jordan Weems come in. And then they had Kyle Finnegan come in. Now, these guys pitched in both of the previous games. So now they're thrown three games in a row. Uh, so they're very much enjoying that there was a <laughs> postponed game today because they didn't <laughs> have to throw. Uh, but they ended up winning that game 6-3. to three. Uh so, yeah, Jeremy, I don't know where you want to start. I mean, I think I kind of segued it perfectly for the thing I want to talk about the most. But if you want to talk about something else, we can. No, we'll start with yours, and I'll get into what I want to talk about. Go for it. What's up? Yeah, so, I mean, throwing all those guys three days in a row is a little bit concerning, given uh, Davey's history uh, as a manager, because uh, if the one big knock on him is – bullpen usage uh we've seen him burn out sean doolittle in 2019 tanner rainey was probably overused a little bit uh and then you have uh mason thompson is kind of you know got overused at the start of the year now he's kind of in a funk and he's on the il uh and then, then you have hunter harvey who's on the aisle as well a lot of these guys are getting used a lot, and I don't want to see players get hurt. That could be you, you know, guys who have a lot of team control. We're not talking about a guy who's at the end of his career. We're talking about people who can contribute next year for a team that's now 14 games below 500. Yeah, me and you had a had a text exchange about this exact thing. Um, we disagreed a little bit on this. Um, we talked about the trade deadline effect in the last video, mm-hmm. and when Davies trying to win games, this is how he manages the club. Yeah. Um, I understand. Nats are not in a position this season mm-hmm. to where they should be doing that, but it's encouraging to me. In a silver lining kind of sense. That he's finally managing to win games because we've talked about this a lot in the past. Uh huh. He's he was managing this team like it's in a hundred loss team, mm-hmm. and maybe it was just this series, or maybe something changed in July, or maybe some of the higher ups said something to him like we need to get this team ready to compete. He's managing like this team can win games again. I think that's encouraging. I agree and I disagree. Yes, it's encouraging that he's trying to win games. It's a better product on the field. I love it. I think this team's really exciting and fun. Uh, I thought, you know, I, you know, fun fact about me, I also like the Mariners, and I found the Nationals, despite being all these games below 500, to be much more fun to watch than the Mariners this year. Uh, And I think, yeah, he's managing to win games, but he's managing it as if it's the World Series. Uh, because, I mean, you just said, this is kind of an important series. It's not like, you know, if they get swept by the Phillies, not the end of the world. But, you know, you'd like to beat the division rival. You'd like to, you know, be competitive. Uh, and you can't be competitive when you've burnt your three best arms <laughs> in three straight games. You've got to look to the future just a little bit. Uh, where, hey, give them an off day, some one of those games... Now they can pitch two, three of these games in this series. 
Uh, I mean, now tomorrow we're looking at, you know, we're about to watch Corey Abbott throw three innings tomorrow. And Joe Lasorsa is probably going to throw three innings tomorrow. Because, uh, yeah, they had the day off today. Neither, None of these guys should pitch. I think anybody else in the bullpen can go. And I think having that extra man up for the doubleheader is super important for the Nats now. Uh, but none of these guys should pitch tomorrow. They need days off. They need rest. Uh, it's important. If you're trying to win games, you need your best guys to be there when you're, the games are truly meaningful. And right now, the games are meaningful. Yeah. Um, I don't know. You brought this to my attention, and I know you were kind of joking, but Nats are less than 10 games out of that wild card spot. Yeah, they are. They're nine. It's not impossible for them to get into it. Now, I'm not going to sit here and tell you we got a fighting chance. We're going to make the playoffs this year. But I wonder if that's what Davey sees and he's like, this team is hot right now and he wants to make the push for the playoffs. Yeah. So, I mean, yes, they are nine games out of the wild card. But it's also, Jeremy, I don't know if you know this, it's August 7th. Do you know how hard it is to gain nine <laughs> games in how many Nate games did the Nats have left? Uh, oh, like, it's going to be a nice number. Uh, it's going to be... Like 30 games They left. have 50 games left. Oh. I believe. Yeah, they have 50 games left. That's, that sounds right. The math's checking out there. <laughs> you have to gain nine, game, nine games in the standings in 50 games. That is... That's unheard of, almost. It would be, quite honestly, one of the most astonishing things in the history of sports. If the Nationals made playoffs, it is not impossible. It, I, I think it would be a fantastic story. I think I'm, I'm rooting for it honestly, but gotta have some realism at the same time. And I mean, hey, if you do want to win and come back, and you know, make all this ground up in the wild card, having a healthy Kyle Finnegan, a healthy Jordan Weems, and a healthy Andres Machado with the way these three have been throwing these past two weeks. I mean, or longer in the case of Finnegan, you need those guys down the stretch, you know? Okay, we lose one, we'll come back tomorrow, and we'll make it up. That's kind of the way I would look at it. But, I mean, hey, you beat two really solid teams. You beat a Cincinnati Reds team that a lot of people thought were going to be buying at the deadline. Uh, they didn't end up doing a whole lot, and probably rightfully so. They're quite not ready. Uh, and they took two out of one against... A Milwaukee's Brewers team who, I mean, when you look at the names that they have, I mean, you have Christian Yelich, who, he's not quite 2019 Christian Yelich, but he's pretty close right now. Uh, he's definitely much better than he has been the past two years. And that rotation, that's a team that can kind of go toe-to-toe -to -toe with any other team in the National League that's not named the Atlanta Braves. Yeah, I mean, it's... It's nice. It's nice to be winning ball games again. Uh, and I'm not saying that, oh my god, the Nats are going to make the playoffs. But mm -hmm. you got to look at the positives here. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to I'm gonna slip into just some people I wanted to highlight. You went over it a little bit in your, in your, um, in your recap, but Thomas had three home runs in this series. He uh, likes that ballpark. He does like that ballpark. Uh, 
you know, and you talked about Luana Doan. Uh, he came out from the minors. I mean, he wasn't supposed to pitch that game uh, when the series started. He came out and he pitched an incredible game. Like, mm-hmm. by far the best start of his career. Um, my question for you, is he deserve a spot on the roster now because of that start? Or is he going to, he, should he, does he deserve a spot on the roster? So, I, you know what, you actually made that question kind of a layup for me. I think the better question is, does he deserve a spot in the rotation? A spot on the roster? Yeah. I would love to see him in the bullpen, I think. I mean, with his pitch mix, with his all that, I think he would be, you know, your perfect, like, kind of the role that we kind of saw Mason Thompson take early in the year, where, yeah, he's throwing maybe once a series, but he's going to give you two really good innings in that series. And I think that's the perfect role for him. Uh, Not like Corey Abbott, where, you know, Corey Abbott's, for all intents and purposes, the long man on this team. Corey Abbott pitches, he hasn't thrown once in the past six days. Uh, (laughs) Like, there's times where I wonder, is Corey Abbott with the team for real? Or is this like, is he a real person? Uh, (laughs) Yeah. But no, I mean, like, I think that's a perfect role for him because, I mean, at the end of the day, you have five rotation slots and I think Josiah Gray, Mackenzie Gore, Kate Cavalli, once he comes back from Tommy John, have three of those locked down. Uh, and then, I mean, you can kind of piece together some people where I think there's some people who might be higher on the pecking order than him, higher on the totem pole, however you want to say it. Uh mm-hmm. I think it's a no-brainer that he should stay on the roster. All right. Do you think um, he should stay in the rotation? Is my question to you, Jeremy. I That was going to be the second part of my question, okay. but I felt like that was a little much, so I kind of held off on it. Um, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I mean, Something... I ahead. mean, you can say. You can go. I'm going to hear your thoughts on it. Yeah, go. Um... He, he started in the rotation at the beginning of last season. And if I remember correctly, his first start went pretty good. It wasn't perfect through five and two-thirds good, mm-hmm. but it was a solid start that first game. Second game came out, third game came out, so on and so forth. He got rocked every single time. Yeah. I'm not ready after one game to say he deserves a spot in the rotation. Now, if he comes out and he does it again, I mean, it's it's not going to happen because he's not in the rotation. But if he comes out out of the bullpen, uh, you know, like the spot that he's in, those that that middle reliever type role, mm-hmm. when the when a starter struggles and he puts together a couple great appearances in a row, why not give him a shot? Yeah, I mean, I think last year is kind of a different story. Uh. When you look at his career arc, he was rushed. Like, the Nationals had no better option, except it, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, he wasn't even supposed to be in the rotation because Anibal Sanchez was supposed to be starting, but then he got hurt. Yeah, was the people plan. got hurt. People got yeah. hurt, and so he couldn't be the starter. Or he, had, he ended up being the starter. He was rushed. He wasn't ready. Uh... 
I think something that you know we can kind of monitor. I mean, when you look at how many pitches Josiah Gray, Mackenzie Gore, and Jake Irvin have thrown in their careers, or not how many pitches, how many innings, just the correct uh, term. I mean, last year, Jake Irvin threw a little over 100 innings. And, I mean, he's he's already over that total from last year. He's already thrown more pitches than last – or innings than last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mackenzie Gore only threw 70 – he threw 87 pitches – or innings. I keep saying pitches, man. 87 innings last year. He, he got, got hurt, hurt but I mean, he's thrown 112 this year. I mean, we talk about protecting arms, keeping people healthy. That kind of ramp up is quite significant. Uh, Josiah Gray probably, I mean, he threw 150 last year. I'm not too worried about him. I think he can, he doesn't need to worry about skipping his start. But, hey, Jake Irvin, we're going to skip your start this year, this week, man, like, this turn in, you're turning the rotation this time. We just want you to be monitor your innings. Mackenzie Gore, same thing. I think he probably will fill that type of role for the Nats. And then it's kind of, hey, man, like, who's our starter? I mean, I know we signed him to a two-year deal. I, I'm fine moving on from Trevor Williams. Yeah. I, he's just he's I, average. I don't even think he's average, Jeremy. Uh, where, I mean, he has a 4.72 ERA, a 5.18, or 5.55 FIP. Like, that's below average, you know? I, I, I'd rather see what Adon's got than Williams. If you want to keep Williams on the roster, move him to the bullpen. You know, he can go be Corey Abbott for a year. Uh, I just, I think it might be time to give some of these younger guys a shot. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's the stage of the rebuild that Nats are in. Got to take a gamble with a couple of these guys. Yeah. Because I mean, yeah, I was I was actually looking at numbers when I saw Rich Hill got traded. I was like, oh man, I wonder how good Rich Hill's been this year, and he's like a whole run better than Trevor Williams. So now now you know who I want next year in free agency. By the way. You want a 44-year-old I want a 44-year-old Rich Hill. Uh, solely because <laughs> I need him for my Immaculate Grit. Uh, gotta just keep, you know, <laughs> getting easy answers. Uh, plus, I mean, then he... I mean, I don't know how much you've been following him. He's, like, chasing Edwin Jackson's record for most teams pitched. Yeah, he is. And uh, <laughs> I kind of love it. I, I, I think if I would not mind Rich Hill just becoming just, you know, pitching for every team he can at this point. Be like, uh, is it Will Farrell who did that on like spring training? I don't remember. I don't remember. I think like one year, like he literally played for every single, like played an inning with every single team. <laughs> but yeah, you want to, you want to move on from this red series? I don't know if you have anything else you want to talk about. Yeah. Um, overall, good series. Yeah, really uh, good series. Great series. Always good series when you can sweep another team. Uh, but moving on to these these Phillies games. It's a four-game set mm-hmm. against the Phillies. Uh, start with the pitching matchups, and then we'll get into some storylines that are on this series. Mm-hmm. Uh, game one, 
of the doubleheader tomorrow is Zach Wheeler taking on Trevor Williams. We just talked about this guy a little bit. Game two, Ranger Suarez taking on Josiah Gray. Game three is Michael Lorenzen taking on Mackenzie Gore. And game four is Aaron Nola versus Patrick Corbin. Now, Hayden, do any of these matchups stick out to you at all? I mean, obviously, uh, game two of this doubleheader sticks out you a little bit. Uh, The Phillies have a lefty on the bump, and the Nats have Josiah Gray. Uh, He's given up a lot of hard contact these past two starts, but, I mean, if he bounces back, that's a, you know, pretty interesting pitching matchup. Uh, and then on uh, Wednesday, I mean, you have Michael Lorenzen taking on uh, Patrick Corbin. Uh, I think that's the other... Mackenzie kind of, Gore. Or Mackenzie Gore, sorry. Yeah. Taking on uh, Michael Lorenzen. There we go. That's the words frame word. Yeah. Yeah. Like those are the two I kind of look at. Uh, pitching matchup-wise. Yeah. Um, obviously... We, we hit on the lefties all the time because the Nats are good at hitting lefties. Uh, but Ranger Suarez has always been pretty solid against the Nats. That's not going to be an easy easy yeah. matchup. Uh, you know, Michael Lorenzen probably on paper looks like the Lorenzen-Gore game looks like the easiest one to win, on paper at least. Um, you know, just because they've got Wheeler, Suarez, and Aaron Nola going mm-hmm. those other three games. Uh, but the Phillies are a tough team. You know, they're they're up there in the wild card. I think they're third right now. They are, if I'm not mistaken. Second, if I was standing so correct. Second, no, they're first. They're tied. We're tied for first with the Giants. Mm-hmm. Which, um, I'm looking but if the if the Nats are are able to 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 sweep this series, they would have swept all three wild card spots. Uh, practically in a row. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is pretty good. It's it's a good look for the for this team. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, my favorite matchup is that second game, Ranger Suarez versus Josiah Gray. Uh, that's going to be the best mat- pitching matchup, uh, pitching matchup wise. Um, but it really comes down in this series, at least. To how the Phillies bats are, because mm-hmm. uh, the Phillies are a the Phillies are a team that can explode on you for ten ten plus runs if they really if they're really on that night. Mm-hmm. Um, but they also have these nights where they get shut out by teams that they probably shouldn't get shut out by. Uh, I don't know. It's it's an interesting it's an interesting series coming up and like we said at the top of the show it is a little important it always is i mean regardless of where the phillies are and where the nats are in the standings it's it's a phillies nats series it's a always carries a little more weight when mm-hmm. it's a when it's a rivalry series yeah no i mean i agree uh it's you know i mean when you talk want to talk about we can go back to those wild card implications. One, you can play spoiler, and two, you can, you know, make a 
run. I mean, you never know what happens. Uh, this Phillies lineup is just so strange. Uh, if you told me coming into the year that Alec Bohm and Nick Cassianos were going to be like their two best hitters uh, over the year, I would have been like, you're crazy, man. Uh, but, I mean, Kyle Schwarber is, you know. He's hitting nukes. He's hitting Please nukes, but he has a 182 <laughs> batting average. Uh, I know. At the same time, <laughs> Bryce Harper has six home runs this year. He has more stolen bases than he has home runs. Uh, no, he's still getting on base at a – still hitting 300. And, you know, has a 388 on base percentage. So, you know, he's still doing it all right. Uh, he's just not hitting for power. But, no, I mean, Castellanos has been probably their best power hitter. Bryson Stott's having a good year. But, like, you know, none of the guys that you would think, oh, yeah, man, they got Trey Turner, JT Realmuto, and Bryce Harper. They're going to be a great team. And they just haven't. Uh, I mean, we were talking about pitching. Aaron Nola. And, you know, Zach Wheeler, I mean, they're good this year, but they're not, like, peak Zach Wheeler and Aaron Ola this year, uh, where those guys are, like, you know, Cy Young favorites. Now they're, you know, they're good, but they're not elite, uh, which, you know, helps the Nats a little bit. So it'll be an interesting series. I think I think the Nats can win it. I mean, obviously, I have some bias, uh, but, like, if you told me, yeah, the Nats took three out of four against the Phils this, you know, over the week, I'd be like, yeah, no, that doesn't surprise me at all, which, I mean, I think a lot of times, if you said that earlier in the year, I would have, you know, I don't think I would have said the same thing early in the year, I think is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, um, I don't know. Last time the Nats were hot and ran into the Phillies, it cooled them down for a whole month. Yeah. Uh, so, I'm not ready to say that they can win this series, but I think they can take at least one. I think they can flip this series. Mm-hmm. I mean, I something to keep an eye on. We, I mean, we kind of briefly talked about roster moves last episode. Jeter Downs didn't play at all. Uh, he's not starting. Uh, I don't know why we're surprised. Uh, Blake Rutherford has yet to get a hit. That's something to monitor. I mean, they swept the Reds, and they had a guy who didn't do anything offensively uh, the entire series. So maybe, you know, he starts going. And then now that's – I think the Stats team can win games. The Stats team's fun. The Stats team – when the pitching is when that starting pitching is right, this team is good. And I mean that's you know thanks to C.J. Abrams and Lane Thomas taking ma- massive steps forward this year. I mean Ruiz has been solid. Alex Call has been solid. I mean it's just a really solid team, and I I, I think they're better than the Phillies on some aspects. Yeah, and and I also don't watch the Phillies every day though. <laughs> yeah, no, they. It's hard to say that the Phillies and the Nats are in very different spots mm-hmm. as a team, as an organization. Uh, the Phillies just pushed all their chips to the center of the table and went all in. The Nats just did the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
so they're 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 very much on completely different ends of the team timeline scale. Uh, and that's not to say that they can't win, you know. Mm-hmm. The Nats they can't they're not hitting for power, but they're hitting for average. They're getting these hits. Uh, yeah. I mean, they're six in up, baseball and average. Right, up and down the lineup. There's these guys can get a hit, you know. Mm-hmm. It's nice, you know. You're you're not scared of all of them to hit a home run, but getting on base is <laughs> it's it's important. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why this Nats team is so fun because one to nine can get a hit whenever. Uh, you know, it's not like another mediocre bad team that has that one star and that's the only reason that they win games uh i don't know i was trying to think of an example but nothing popped into my head so it's all right the yankees yankees yep there you go that's Aaron a good Judge. one yeah there we go mm-hmm. so no it's a good series um but i wanted to talk a little bit a little bit about uh the Bryce Harper situation quote whatever I just wanted to touch on it I I ran into it uh, earlier tonight um and I obviously on Twitter I saw a Nats account tweet about it and I was reading a lot of the comments and stuff Nats fans took it personally yeah and I don't quite understand the rationale for that and i'm gonna talk through my process and then i'll Mm -hmm. let you get a word in hayden but it just it doesn't make a lot of sense look you drafted this guy and it doesn't matter you see this happen in a lot of sports Uh, a good example i think kevin durant Mm -hmm. in the nba uh he goes out there uh and he he plays his heart out for OKC and then he goes out to Golden State you know there's not a lot of times all these star athletes they say oh we have the best fans we have the best fans but you really can't not say that mm-hmm. as a star athlete in the city especially a city like Philly um you were talking to me uh before the show about uh, they were booing Trey Turner for a week because of his uh he had a little bit of a a, a down week. Uh I mean he's just had a down year. Yeah. And they've been booing uh, but, him. Yeah, and look I just I don't understand why Nats fans are taking it personally because it's a business. I seen so many butthurt tweets that are like He's so fake, and I don't understand why anyone is friends with him. Mm-hmm. You don't go into the media <laughs> and say something like that. <laughs> I know exactly <laughs> what tweet you're talking about. <laughs> it's not indicative of the kind of person he is. He's being a public persona. Yeah, I mean, you what is he supposed to, to say? To I hate Philly? That. Yeah, you have to be able... And again, I... I didn't listen to the interview where he was asked what question mm-hmm. it was, you know, so I can't say he, cause maybe he was just ranting and he was like, I wish my, I started my career here. In that case, it's a little different. Mm-hmm. 
but if he was just asked, uh, how's your experience with the fans in Philly? I know they've been kind of up and down with you. And he's like, oh, I wish I started my career here. That's a completely different scenario. Again, I don't have all the context because I haven't seen the question that led up to it. But neither has all these people, all these Nats fans on the internet that are acting like this. Okay? And I think it's a little ridiculous that as sports fans and people that know how just public personas work, that they can't tell when stuff is, is has to be separated from who they are as a person and who they need to be to have have this, this, this fan base in the city like them, have their livelihood and their career go smoothly. It's it's dumb. I, I'm I'm kind of shocked that Nats fans are this I mean, dumb it's about it, I guess. I can't think of the name, the word for it's, it. It's I mean like wrong, I but. understand uh like there's a lot of people who take like deep offense to Harper going to Philly. Like there were right. people who like were personally offended by that. Like I'm not saying that's right or wrong to feel that way, you know, like I'm not gonna minimize anybody's emotions and how they feel about their favorite sports teams and their favorite, you know, players. Uh but you know, at the end of the day, you know, like like you said, he's an athlete. He's out there you know, he was on a post-game, like, radio show. Talking about how, you know, like, talk, I, I believe it was about the Trey Turner thing. And how, like, all the fans were, like, clapping for him. And it was like, oh, yeah, I know, like, you know, the fans are great. You know, I wish I started my career here. And it, I, like you said, I just, I don't see, like, we already knew that, like, you know, he's gonna favor the fans in Philly. Like, I don't know. It's... Like you said, it's just such a non-story. Yeah. That's kind of gotten blown out of proportion a little bit. Because, yeah, I mean, if you want to, you know, if you want to... The Kansas City Royals, I'm sure he would say the same thing. Because <laughs> yeah. it's just kind of what you got to say. Uh, I think, like... I, I did see some Nats people, Nats Twitter fans, followers. I don't know what to say. I can't even remember who said it. Uh, but I did see some people compare it to like Rendon, and I think that's completely non-comparable. How were they comparing it to Rendon? With like the way Rendon left the team. They left the team in the his same way. Comments afterwards. There's some things that were a little different there's i think there was more ill will between rendon and the nationals mm -hmm. than when harper left i think harper left on fine terms like i think i understand people still boo him and all that like and i understand like i said i understand the frustration you know seeing i mean we're talking about how th these are literally rivals uh right like the only reason that i was mad at harper for leaving is because he went to the Phillies. But at the end of the day, the Phillies offered him the most money. Right. Like, they they the... offered him the contract he was looking for, and he took it. And I don't blame him for it. Yeah. I'd probably do the same thing in his shoes. Yeah. He doesn't, like, 
owe the I'm Nationals sure. anything. He was the first yeah. overall pick. If the Nats didn't take him, <laughs> the other team is pointing and laughing at the Nationals and then, you know, rushing up to the podium to pick him. Like, it's... Right. And, you know, I might have my... I might have my personal gripes because of the team he chose, but go get that bag. Yeah. Go get that bag. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's I. I just think it's stupid. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. It happens. It happens all the time. I think people are mad because he used different phrasing than "we have the best fans in the world." Yeah. That's that's hundred percent it. Like that's it. I I don't know. I it's like you said, it's you and I on the phone, I was like it's just kind of a non story, like Yeah, it is, except everyone's talking about except it which it's makes it a become story. a story, yeah. Yeah. Um but yeah. I don't know if there was anything else that you wanted to cover. I just thought it was worth mentioning. I don't know. We haven't done our favorite segment of the show. Our favorite segment. Who is your national of this upcoming series? It's been a bit. Good things happen whenever a Joey Bomb shows up. And a Joey Bomb showed up in the last series, all right? Mm -hmm. Good things happen, Hayden, when, When... when Joey Bombs are dropping. And I'm looking for... For Joey Manessis to hit a home run in this series. Um, he's got some pop lately. Not mm-hmm. enough to be like, oh my god, he's running away with, with his power. But he's got like seven home runs or five home runs in the last couple weeks or something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It just seems like he's hidden his stride a little more. Uh, and I'd like to see him... Get to double-digit uh, home runs in this series. Yeah. Good thing happened when he hits home runs. I have a fun one. Uh, somebody who we don't talk about on the show a whole lot. I mean, we've talked a decent amount, actually, about him. More than you would think. You've talked about the team's uh, a bench player on the team. Uh, Riley Adams is having like this fantastic year at the plate. Uh, now, is it sustainable? That's a completely other question. Uh... But, I mean, hey, Riley Adams, he's play, probably playing at least two games this series. Let's let's see what you can do. Yeah. Facing some really <laughs> tough pitching. Like, he's been absolutely on fire when he has played lately. I mean, he has a 306, 364, 561 triple slash. Like, let's keep it going. <laughs> yeah. No, there's a lot of things. I also uh, I want to see if Ildemaro Vargas can have a good series. This is his second series as a guy who's playing every day. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he played three games in a row. And, you know, he played fine. It wasn't incredible, but he played fine. He mm-hmm. played pretty pretty solid. Um, but he hasn't played this much all season. And I want to see if he can handle the workload, too, a little yeah. bit. Uh, that's another thing that I'm watching. That is fair. Sorry, I just saw C.J. Abrams' defense. I'm, you know, looking at C.J. Abrams' profile, and his his defensive numbers are improving. Yeah. Uh, 
that guy might not be a bust. This guy might be very good at baseball. He's leading. He's got the most consecutive stolen bases right now. Mm-hmm. He's got like 24 or 25 or something like that in a row. Stolen 27 this year already. Like that's. And he hasn't. He 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 basically only started running after the All Star break, which. I would say really since impressive. July, but yeah. Really impressive. Yeah. No, he's uh, blossoming into a superstar, man. So good. Yeah. So, there's a lot of things to watch out for in this series. Uh, we will be back when we're back. Uh, breaking down this Philly series, going over the next one. Remember, go check out the Nats report. Hayden is working his ass off. Okay. It's okay. I need to distress it. Okay. It's the one time. I have to I have to label the podcast as explicit now. <laughs> <laughs> We're past the minute mark, Hayden. It's okay. <laughs> uh no. Hayden is working really hard on his 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 morning briefs, his daily briefs. Um go check them out, show them some love. Uh I know other people in the NAS report said they were going to start working on some stuff. At least one person said he was going to write something soon. Um, so look forward to that. About the same thing we talked about on this show. Yeah. Bryce Harper. Uh, the Bryce Harper thing. They're going to write up the... There should be something up it. on the site uh, yeah. sometime this week, maybe next. Yeah. Go, go check out the NAS report. There's so much good stuff there. Um, check out this show... We have a YouTube channel now. Yeah, the Nats uh, Report. Yeah, I believe we've uploaded all mm-hmm. of the archived shows. Yep, everything but our trade, or not our trade deadline, our uh, which we call it show. Yeah, draft show. Uh, the the trade the draft show. Um, go check it out. Go give us a subscribe. Uh, please, I'm the only subscriber. Also... <laughs> uh. We're also on Spotify. Like I said, YouTube, Spotify, Apple, I, Apple and yeah. Google. Apple and Google. You can find some of the old, uh, old episodes of In the Clubhouse with the Nats Report, hosted by us. Uh, if you ever want to go back and listen to some of those incredibly great and awesome takes that we've had, how we've never been wrong. No. Uh, and always you right. Know, and you have to go fact check us on that if you really want to prove us wrong because yeah. I can't remember a thing I've ever said wrong on this show. Yeah. So. Nothing. I challenge you to prove me wrong. Uh, go back and listen to all those episodes. Uh, but anyway, really appreciate everyone so much for tuning in. Go check out the Nats Report stuff. This has been In the Clubhouse with the Nats Report. I have been Jeremy Lapidus, joined as always by my friend and co-host. Hayden Raymer. Thank you so much for tuning in. Have a great night, and we will see you in the next series.